Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome in. Happy rainy Tuesday morning. Welcome to the rest of your week. Happy to have you with us here. Going to be like is this for a little while, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wore my brightest tie dye today just so that I could, uh, yeah, feel a little less gray. But uh, yeah, I see the Jamie Monticelli's hair barometer is working fine today. Uh, little curly, you know funny. A little curly, little frizzy today, maybe. I'm gonna start. You said everything's Gary today on oh, our thread. Oh, oh, I meant and I didn't gray. know what you meant, and I thought, oh, this is a joke I don't get. Everything is Gary today. So Gary, thought, welcome to the program. Oh, I thought like it was a song or something, maybe a reference I didn't know. You're no, right. Everything's gray. Just gray. Yeah. So um, I had to be yes. all bright and colorful. There is no reason to straighten the hair when it's going to rain for the next five days. Understood. So yeah, welcome I'm... to the rest of the week. Yeah. <laughs> it saves me a ton of time, though. That's an extra 20 minutes of my day I get back. So that's great. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, so, yeah, I, I it was funny because it started raining this morning. And about five minutes after it started raining, I had just let the dogs out because it was their pre-rain. If you don't do it now, you're not going to get to yep. walk out back and uh, came back inside. And it just opened up and started pouring. And then my phone went off and said, Rain's going to start within 15 minutes. I was like, wow, thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> Who are you getting your alerts from exactly? I'm not trying to pick on anybody. Weather, but... weather bug, yeah, which isn't okay. the most reliable thing in the world. But, I mean, it was within 15 minutes. It's just backwards, you know. Yes. Um, so this is now how it's going to go till the weekend when it's going to be like in the 30s at night. So it's down. I'm in shorts today. I assume that's the last day Probably. for shorts here for a while. Yeah, so. seems like it. I'll enjoy it while I can. Okay, um, before we get into this first story, uh, tell us exactly about Justin Ross, who he is on the Chiefs and yeah. how big of a deal he is. Not not much to tell, really. Uh, Justin Ross was a, an undrafted free agent, so he was brought in last year as a kind of a project. And the Chiefs knew he was going to be kind of a project because he missed the entire season last year. He had to have surgery. Uh, and and has had a couple of surgeries over time, dating back to his college days. So they brought him in thinking, okay, this is a guy that maybe we can develop a little bit and and see if there's any value here. Very low dollar receiver. Uh, so you know he, he doesn't cost the Chiefs very much. So far this year, I believe he, the stat was he was activated for seven games, and in those seven games, which is all of them so far. Uh, he caught three passes for 39 yards. If you look at the Chiefs' depth chart right now, there's one receiver above him who is questionable for this week's game. Uh, had it up in front of me a minute ago. Justin Watson is questionable for this week's game. If Justin Watson can't go, 
that would make Justin Ross, the receiver that we're going to be talking a lot more about in just a couple of minutes, <laughs> number six on th- on the depth okay. chart. If so, okay. yeah, I mean, he's he's nowhere near a top player, at least not yet. Okay, that's good to know, because the next obvious question is, what are the chances he plays this weekend, given what he's been charged with now? Well, you know, it's funny, because if you would ask me 12 hours ago, I would have thought not a chance that he right. even dresses for this week's game. But things have changed pretty dramatically since the early reporting on what was, according to the police in Shawnee, a domestic violence incident that included some kind of damage. And initially it was reported as two felony charges. Here we are just about 12 hours later, and it's now being reported that no, in fact, those are two misdemeanor charges. And the amount of damage done initially reported by Justin Ross to be over $25,000 worth of damage. And we still do not know to what, by the way, more on that Mm -hmm. in a second, has been significantly lowered. Yeah, and I want to point out this was original court records I don't know. I don't know enough about that process. Was that police that made an estimation? I, I don't know how that works. But it, original court records said it was over a thousand and under twenty five thousand. That has been adjusted to under a thousand dollars in criminal damage. Actually, the very first reporting on this was over twenty five thousand, which would have made it immediately a felony. Uh, over okay. twenty five thousand dollars worth of damage that didn't last long, and within an hour or two, that was adjusted down to what you just said between a thousand and twenty five thousand dollars worth of damage. And even even now, now it's being reported that it's under a thousand dollars worth of damage. But as we said, we still don't know to what. Right. Um, arraignment is set for 2.30 p.m. today. It was originally 1.30. It's been pushed back an hour. I doubt we'll learn anything more at that arraignment. Usually don't. But at some point, won't we see probable cause statement at some point to see yes. just what justified the charges? And presumably a police report along with it. Uh, yeah. yeah you'll, the probable cause statement will have some information. The police report will have more. And as far as yeah, how that that miscommunication went from over twenty five thousand dollars worth of damage now to less than a thousand dollars worth of damage, I don't know exactly how the Shawnee Police Department does that transfer of information either. Either yeah, but that could have been something as simple as something that was written on the police report was either misinterpreted or misunderstood at the court level. So it may not even be the police report that was wrong. So. Um, as in terms of will he play this weekend or not, um, like John said, it, I don't want to say it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because it always matters a little bit, but, uh, Andy Reed does his weekly news conference at noon on Wednesdays. I think you're right, John, what you said earlier. I, I don't think he's going to talk about this, but he will be asked about it. Sure. Of course he will be. And he may say no comment. Or he may just say, innocent until proven guilty, we'll wait and see how the court system plays out. Absolutely. Yeah, the only thing that I would expect to hear out of Andy Reid's mouth during the press conference tomorrow. Now, he has surprised us in the past. So, I mean, this Mm -hmm. is just knowing, first of all, that the Chiefs have already been approached for comment and declined. That they have said, you know, we're we're not going to comment on this, not yet. We're and and I mean, given the fact that the initial arrest occurred at about four four thirty in the afternoon, yep, and the reporting yeah, right. didn't even come out until just prior to the ten o'clock news, mm-hmm. that the chiefs may not have been prepared to release any kind. Of, they they may not have really been clear on exactly what happened or what was going on. But given the fact that we're talking about two misdemeanor charges, if they feel they need him this weekend, which is a very big question and you know again i think that that might 
that might hinge on Justin Watson and his availability to go this weekend, that uh, it may not be a situation where they feel they need to keep him out of the game. If if they feel like, okay, we're going to need six receivers to go and he's number six available, then, yeah, with a misdemeanor charge, I don't think that would necessarily keep him out. We'll let you know if we hear anything else about this. Um, the arraignment doesn't happen during this show, so we may, one would assume he pleads not guilty, but we'll we'll see what uh, comes out of that later this afternoon. Moving on to the story yet again of this road rage incident. This is a different one. This is one that happened on I-49 in Peculiar on Sunday. And the incident is bad enough just in terms of what happened. But it's the reasons that were given and how the shooting happened that is a particular concern here. Yeah, a road rage incident that uh, that took place and the shots were fired. I mean, usually when we hear about a road rage incident going on, it's the driver of one of the two cars that loses it. Now, in this case, there was an indication. I guess there was a little bit of a chase that happened. So uh, in, in that case, yeah, the driver apparently wasn't real happy about what happened here. But now, according to the police, it was the passenger in that Dodge Dakota pickup truck that fired the shot that ended up just above the headlight of the other car. I have Dodge Ram. Oh, Dodge Ram. Ram. The bigger pickup, not the smaller one. My apologies. I don't know pickups, so I just have to go by what it by what it tells me there. Yeah, Um, Dodge Ram is is the the large, small pickup truck, the large light truck and the Dakota is the smaller one. Okay, Um, so it gets a little confusing because we're dealing with driver and passenger and two vehicles as we describe what happened here. So, um, and Channel 41 actually is the one that had kind of the more in-depth story about this. So, um, the two people that were eventually arrested are Haley Baxter and Damian Holman. Um, Holman is the one that allegedly did the shooting that was the passenger. And we'll get to the reason here in a second. So, Baxter told detectives she was scared because the occupants of a Kia Forte had been brake checking and throwing gang signs at her and Holman. She also said she fired a shot without aiming. Always a good thing to yeah, have done. Yeah, just shoot willy-nilly. Uh, yeah, that, that shot did not end up in the passenger compartment of the Kia. Uh, as we said, that one ended up just above the headlight. So uh, bad aim, but that's what happens when you don't. So the victims, and I think we have to be clear on who the victims are here. These are the ones that were allegedly doing the brake checking, but they were the ones that were shot at. The victim said they tried to pass the ram and got into the lane where Holman was driving. I think I just confused the two. Holman was driving. Holman was Baxter not the one, was the one that did the shooting. Correct. Yep. Yes. <laughs> As I said, it gets confusing and I confused it before <laughs> anyone else did. So the victim said they tried to pass the truck and get into the lane where Holman was driving. The victim say Holman sped up to block them, but they eventually managed to get over. Holman then sped up. That's when the passenger allegedly showed the gun, I hate the word brandished, showed a gun before eventually shooting. Driver of the Kia said she then slammed on her brakes and said she believed the goal there was to shoot her. But again, there was no aiming there. Yeah, They just shot, shot the gun. And and I mean, the whole situation, you know, going back and forth, uh, there is a solution to that. Slow down. Let the other car go. Just let them go. I mean, we we don't need to turn this into, I'm going to pass you. No, you're not. Gang signs. Bang. It's just silly that it ended up that way. Um, Again, we just talked about this late last, middle of last week. Um, 
get off the interstate. Yeah. Get away from it. If if that's what you think is happening, just don't react. If if that's what you think is happening, go somewhere else. Let them get past you for a while and then go back. Well, yeah. I mean, I know I'm not going to start flashing any gang signs next time somebody tries to pass me. You know, it is my go-to move, but uh, yeah, not anymore. Um, and again, I come back to the fired a shot without aiming. Yeah. What was your goal there? What did you think was going to happen when you did that? Uh, yeah, maybe to scare them. You know, and, and it may have, and not that I'm trying to give any cover here, it may have been an accidental shot. Maybe it was, I'm going to show you my gun so you'll know I'm serious about this. And you hit a bump and bang. Uh, who knows? Um, either way, yeah, there's no excuse for it. How about don't pull out a gun in traffic? I was just going to say, I don't like that an accidental shot is possible. Yeah. Just in that case, I mean, that all it can take is hit a bump and then your gun goes off. Sure. Again, keep your gun away um, while you're while you're going. Um, if you have thoughts on this one, 913-586-7798. So the charges here, get back to it real fast. Um, Holman is charged with unlawful possession of an illegal weapon. Baxter is charged with unlawful use of a weapon for shooting at the Kia. I'm a little surprised that's all it is. Yeah, the, so that, it's, far. that it's not. Uh, it, well, and there may be more. I mean, we, mm -hmm. we talk about this all the time when it comes to uh, you're accurate to say at least as yet, this is all that it is. But yeah, it seems like firing a shot in traffic should be a much more serious violation than that. Just to show people this isn't what you do. This isn't how you take care of this. I'm also going to assume based on the fact that he was given a weapons charge involved in all of this, that it was his gun. Is that what it sounds okay. like to you? Um, charged with unlawful possession of an illegal weapon. So that makes it sound like the gun, unless there was another weapon in the car, which you know they they didn't say, but the logic would dictate that yeah, she you know if she took a gun out from under the seat or in the side pocket or whatever, that it was his gun. I gotta keep my people straight. Holman was the driver. Holman's charged the guy. With unlawful possession of an illegal weapon. Yes. She is being held with unlawful use of a weapon for shooting at a motor vehicle or person. Yep. I assume it's his gun. Is that what you said? Yes. The, the, okay. That's yeah. what it seems like to me is that he may have been driving, but it was his gun and she somehow got a hold of it. And then something happened and a shot was fired. Yeah, I feel like this needs a bigger charge. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I get that it's unlawful use of a weapon for shooting in a motor vehicle or person. You are shooting into moving traffic. Yep. Anything could have happened there. Yeah. How about a reckless endangerment charge? Yeah. I mean, just to acknowledge there are other yep. people on the road with you. Yeah. Um, if you want to get in here, 913-586-7798. We'll certainly get to more of your comments coming up. Then we have a story to get to. Uh, this is this one's eerily reminiscent to me of the one that happened in South Dakota with the attorney general there. But we have a driver in a fatal hit and run that went for quite a while with obvious evidence of what happened on the vehicle. Get to that coming up here on KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Phone number here, 913-586-7798. Next story takes us to Prince George County, Maryland. And it's what Ring Doorbell video caught about this hit and run. I won't even call it an accident. Hit and run crash. Yes. Thank you for that. Because Mm -hmm. uh, even though I'm sure the person involved didn't mean to do this, it's what happened afterward that was just unfathomable. So what do you have happen? And Prince George's County is Baltimore, correct? I believe it is, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's big, huge, I mean, a very well-populated area. So you have a car that gets into a minor crash. The driver of that car gets out to inspect the damage. As he gets out of his car to inspect the damage, a third car comes along, hits him. He goes through the windshield of the car that hit him. That car drives off. Again, another one of these that's confusing. So that driver then goes, is this the point? Yes, this is the point at which, um, here's your adult content warning. The victim then is through the windshield. Yeah, he's stuck in the windshield of the car. He's stuck in the windshield. The driver with that then goes two miles with the victim in his windshield driving. Yes. Yeah, Uh, Um. I don't know if you remember, there was a case about 15 years ago that made huge, like, international news because of a similar accident that happened, and the woman who was driving the car got all the way home with a guy stuck through her windshield, left the car in the garage, and left him to die. No, I do not remember that. I'll see if that I can is one that you would remember. See if I can find the details on that one. But yeah, that was the one that immediately popped into mind when I saw this story. I mean... Uh, yeah, they said Prince George's police public information officer said he became lodged in the windshield of the vehicle. That's when the driver drove approximately two miles to Ardwick Ardmore Road and left his body there. So she did something similar. Or the, the, I say she. This one could have been a guy. The, the driver of that second or the third car, I guess, 
got him somehow out of the windshield of the car and then just drove off. Um, yes. And this was four o'clock. Yeah. Four o'clock in the morning. Uh, yeah. Pulled the body off and left him dead on the side of the road and then kept going. Um, there's pretty decent images of this vehicle, an older model gray Honda Civic, although it's night and you don't, there's no license plate there. Um, but yeah, so there's a pretty lengthy Facebook post here. And yeah, Prince George's County is D.C. It's just right on the, Suburban on the other DC. side of okay. D.C. Got yep. it. Yeah. So we're talking uh, like uh, Chevy Chase, that area. Yep. Uh, and so and they said, again, instead of stopping, the striking driver drove to Ardwick Ardmore Road and left the victim on the side of the road. The driver then fled the scene. The part of this we don't know, unless you already know this, John, is how the the victim's body was found no i mean did so was somebody just driving down the road and saw it and or had police already been called about this wreck yeah I, that's that was my thought on the matter is that uh, it was likely that police were called because of the original wreck because there was somebody else involved in that wreck so they would have called and said you're not going to believe what just happened uh it was in a wreck with a guy and then somebody else hit him and he got stuck in the windshield they just drove off and if you tell them they drove off in this direction, well, you just follow that until you can find some kind of evidence. And that evidence that they found was apparently his body. Police pointed out the suspect's car will have damage to the passenger side front bumper, fender, and a hole in the windshield. Yeah. Urging the public to come forward with any information about the suspect. What they're doing now, yeah, they're going around to all of the body shops in the area and anybody mm -hmm. that does that kind of repair. Because the, the, the person uh, you know, the person who, who did this is going to either want to hide that car very quickly or get it fixed as quickly as possible. But yeah, that's going to be a little d difficult to explain away is why you have a man-sized hole in your windshield. I ask again, what are you doing? What gets into somebody's head where that is their reaction? I will allow for a moment that some people panic. You're in a wreck and you panic. There are reasons why people elude police, why they run from police, because there's a moment where, oh my gosh, and you just panic. Okay, fine, you panic. But you don't pull the body out of your windshield and leave it on the side of the road. Right, and then just keep going. Right. You, you leave a guy there to die, presuming he wasn't already dead. You leave a guy there to die. Uh, I, I did link that, that previous story. It was a little longer ago than I thought. It was October 26th of 2001. Uh, okay. Gregory Glenn Biggs, who was a homeless man, and yeah, ended up stuck in this woman's windshield. And she just parked the car in the garage and shut it off. If I remember, he was there for days. She was a nursing student at yep. the time, or nursing assistant. Um, when he died a day or two later, she called a male friend for assistance. So she waited. And they tried to hide until the Until he died. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they were convicted of tampering with evidence. Um, even going so far as to set fire to part of the car to disguise the evidence. Yep. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. It, it, I mean, and I think that was her defense. It was not successful, but I think that was her defense um, is that she just panicked. She didn't know what to do. And uh, and really, I mean, the, the reason why that didn't work is the obvious reason. Okay, we understand that for 20 minutes. We understand right. that for an hour. We don't understand that for three days. Yeah, as somebody just pointed out on the text line, you assume this driver is wanted by police for something. Yeah. 
or is, you know, has that's, a reason that he's going to get in more trouble. That's now. not a bad thought. Right. That they have something else to hide because otherwise, OK, it was 430 in the morning or four o'clock in the morning and, and it was a dark road and you couldn't see. And the guy was in the road when he shouldn't have been because he was inspecting the damage from a wreck. You hit him. OK, you know, maybe there's big trouble to go along with that. Maybe there isn't. But if you don't have something else to hide, you at least stop and let the cops sort it out. Um, so they're just describing it as a 2011 to 2017 Honda Civic with a large white decal across the top of the back window. Yeah, what they're counting on here is that it's the damage. At some point, he's not going to be able to keep driving yeah. with the hole in his windshield. And he'll at least call glass repair or ditch the car. And they got they got a photograph of that decal across the back window. Unfortunately, it's kind of blurry, so you can't see what it says. But it looks like uh, it, uh, one of the performance car part makers, you know, mm -hmm. frequently they'll give you a decal to put on your car so that you can say, ooh, this is what I've got under the hood. It looks like one of those. And it's they described it very well. It's right across the top of the back window. Someone just asked on the text line, did anyone see it? And if, and if so, how do you not do something? Uh, one would think so. One would hope that someone would see a wreck like that, but it's, it's four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I mean, there's not a ton of traffic at that time of night or morning, especially on a weekend like that. The only other, and they didn't describe very well the initial crash. I'm assuming there was another person involved in that crash, but maybe not. I mean, it could have been a single vehicle accident. I'm guessing that whoever's doorbell camera caught this heard it. Heard yeah. the wreck, came out yep. and saw a crashed car and didn't see anybody. If you have thoughts here, 913-586-7798. Uh, still to come this hour, we are back to the topic of train noise. We have another local community that is tired of it. Get to that. Well, last time we checked in, I believe we had like, what, two, three accidents westbound I-70 at the 470 junction. Well, now all those accidents are gone. Did not take long for westbound I-70 to recover. We do have a new accident, though. Looks to be off on the right shoulder of the westbound I-70 entrance ramp from Lee Summit Road. No problems passing by that. Pretty slow traffic, I-35 southbound over the Bomb Bridge into downtown. And looks like we have a stalled vehicle at the end of the I-35 southbound exit ramp to Southwest Traffic Way. I'm Jake Goodman in the KMBZ RenewalBanderson.com Traffic Center. Showers and thunderstorms on the way into the metro, along with cloud cover. Gusty wind, our high today about 70. Low pressure is off to our west, and we have plenty of moist air coming in from the southern plains, along with low pressure, so it looks like the rain will keep up for a while. Showers and thunderstorms overnight. It'll be windy, our low in the mid-60s, and then we're looking at low 70s for the afternoon high on Wednesday. Still windy, more showers, low 70s, and rain coming up again on Thursday. This is staff meteorologist Steve Hamilton in the KMBZ Max Motors Weather Center. Uh, and the troubles that they're having and what they want to do about it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Martin City is where we're talking about. And uh, it, it's it's apparently become enough of a problem that uh, obviously, I mean, the main portion of the problem is what happens late at night when the trains come through and the whistles go off. But even during the day, I mean, they, they interviewed uh, the owner of a diner that sits right next to the tracks and they say it's constant. I mean, every time a train goes by, it goes across that crossing and they have to blow the whistle. So what they're talking about now is doing the work um, to make that entire area around Martin City a quiet zone so that the only time that a train has to blow its whistle is in the case of an emergency. But there's all kinds of improvements that have to be made to the crossing into the area to get that to happen, and it's not cheap. 
And if you live in the area or spend time down there, 913-586-7798, there's a lot of businesses right there. I mean, they're um, especially right at there because you're right by State Line Road. So uh, they said this has been tried before, but it was too. It's the merchants that want it because you're you're distracting away from business. Sure. Uh, they say it's too expensive and railroad companies won't pay for changes to crossings to limit noise because, quite frankly, they don't have to. Yeah. It's not their problem. <laughs> exactly. So they don't have to. So they said the basic fees for changing the crossing involved at least a half million dollars. Where's that money coming from? Plus an annual fee for maintenance. Um, who is this behind this? This woman named Van Noy. Debbie Van Noy. Oh, behind Justin Jim's Steakhouse, which is right there. That totally makes sense. Um, she thinks that Martin City businesses are going to have to chip in to see what the railroad would charge, do that process, and then maybe get together and come up with a half million dollars to do it. Which sounds nice, right? Until you realize, <laughs> I mean, you're right. As a matter of fact, I remember us talking about this right after I got here. So that first effort must have been early part of 2020 when they tried this the last time mm -hmm. to, to try to get the railroad noise diminished. Um, and I don't remember if it was the exact same business, if it was Jim's Steakhouse or not, or Jim and Jess. Uh, or Jess and Jim's. Sorry, I'll get it straight one of these days. But yeah, I remember yeah. a bunch of the businesses in the area were saying this is killing us because who wants to sit there and eat lunch when every five minutes, there goes another train whistle. And it's loud because it's right there. Uh, but it was unsuccessful at the time for this very same reason, that they just couldn't seem to get the money together to do it. But that doesn't mean there's not a problem. And you wonder, okay, relying on the businesses because they would they would reap a lot of the benefits makes some sense but should it be the entire half mill or can the city of martin city come up with anything so i have a couple questions um i know that this isn't a new problem because you're right we talked about it a few years ago but i assume those train tracks have been there for a long time yep. and these businesses have probably been there for a long time so what did they do all the time like has the problem gotten worse for some reason are trains coming in more frequently is there more traffic than they have in the past is uh, there more traffic there yeah. yeah and it sounds like that that could very well be but either way um it you know it just seems like this is what a uh, you know what a city is there for is if you have a problem especially a problem that they feel is affecting commerce mm -hmm. then yeah, why wouldn't the city want to come up with whatever they got? You know, maybe not the whole half mill, and maybe that's the mm -hmm. kind of thing where you see some kind of public-private partnership go on. But I wonder also, what is that fee, that maintenance fee that the railroad is going to charge them every uh -huh. year to keep keep this stuff up? How much is that? I can't imagine the budget for the city of Martin City <laughs> no. is very big. <laughs> I would I would agree. Probably not. I don't know what the population of Martin City is. It's probably in five digits it's probably not in six digits um i i would imagine they don't have that cash just sitting around likely and not would have to prove the businesses would have to prove we are losing business because uh, of this yeah <laughs> population you were a little generous according to the <laughs> wikis now this is the 2010 population was uh 686 are you serious? Yeah. Uh, as of the census of 2021, 686 people, 301 households, 374 families. So, yeah, you would be accurate by saying that they're probably not going to have a half a million dollars laying around in the city coffers. You're right. That's what I've got, too. I'm looking to see if there's any kind of updated number. Because, yeah, 686 people.
I mean, even if it doubled in 10 years, now we're talking mm-hmm. about 1,200 people or 4, yeah, 1,300 people. It's not a big town, but big enough that you still have business owners that are going to be concerned about, you know, any kind of... Um, any any kind of, of factor like that that's going to damage their business. And if I remember right from talking about this back two or three years ago, uh, there were some residents around who weren't pleased either that lived up on the bluff above the railroad tracks because they were saying the same thing. The tra- you know, trains come through at 4 o'clock in the morning and blow the whistle. We'll get to uh, your calls here in just a sec, but a couple of you have pointed out, and you're right because I'm just learning this now too, Martin City is now part of KCMO. Aha. Okay, so it got annexed into KCMO. Got it. Okay, so that changes the game a little bit on how much money's available or could be available. Yeah. And who you're dealing with. But how important is it to the city, right. <laughs> especially when they're not directly dealing with a problem? Uh, right. Yeah, we'll go to go to the phones on this. If you want to jump in, uh, 913-586-7798. They took my sign away. They moved it. Off well, what to, they, what <laughs> they replace it with? That's an it's, important sign it's just, They moved it away. I needed to turn the other direction. Ashley's in Emporia. Hi, Ashley. Hi. Uh, you know, railroad tracks just don't pop up overnight. They knew those railroad tracks when were there when they opened their businesses there. Uh, before, Kansas, before I didn't realize that Kansas City had annexed Martin City, so that kind of takes out one of my arguments that, you know, they're moving to Martin City since they don't have to pay those Kansas City taxes and business licenses and all that stuff. So they were getting the benefit of that by being in Martin City while still having direct access to the city and to those consumers. But, you know, railroad tracks don't just pop up. Why should the railroad do anything about it? It's not bothering them. It's just like the Independence Avenue Bridge. Why should the railroad do anything about it? It's not their problem. It's Martin City's problem. It's Kansas City's problem. Yeah, and that's, yeah. I mean, and the railroads aren't, as Jamie yeah. pointed out. Not only do they not have any interest in the matter, they don't care how many times they have to blow the whistle as long as they follow the law. Uh, and it, it, as you said, it doesn't bother them. It also doesn't cost them anything. Yeah, and to me, that's something buyer beware. You know, you should know before you buy a home that, hey, there's railroad tracks in my backyard. Am I going to be able to live with that? Or, hey, I live a block away from the high school. Am I going to be able to deal with a band starting uh, practice at 6 o'clock in the morning during marching season? Do your pickleball. research before you... <laughs> yeah, pickleball course. Right? Yeah, before you decide to make a decision like that, do your research and find out what's in that neighborhood so you know whether or not you're going to be able to deal with it. To, to Jamie's point earlier, though, does rail traffic, especially in an area like that, change dramatically over time? I think it can, yeah. Okay. I think it can, but I don't think it's gone up. Okay. I think if anything in that kind of an area, it would go down. Because, right. like, there's railroad tracks that run right through the heart of downtown Liberty. And I grew up not far from those tracks, and we maybe heard two or three trains go through there a year. Got it. Okay. All right. Uh, Ashley, thank you. Yeah. If if you're in the area, I mean, if you live in the area or if you have a business that's that's in that area, is this a problem that over the last five or ten years has gotten worse since you opened your business, where it was like that, where maybe you'd get a couple of trains a month, and now you're getting four or five of them a day? Here's what I think is interesting, too, because this is in the Fox 4 story. I don't know if all residents would be in favor of of the change. You would think they would be, but they talked to somebody named Rob Stifter, whose home sits a few blocks away from those businesses. He said, fine, go ahead and make it a quiet zone, but I don't want to pay for it yeah. with tax dollars. 
And I don't want changes to the crossing. If it makes us harder to get out on 135th Street, that would be difficult. You you wouldn't want that. Yeah. The other piece of this is we're talking about it that, that is coming back into my memory is that it was posited back the first time we talked about this, not just as a noise issue, but there was a safety issue, too. And it was for people that, that had to go across from one part of town to the other because they wanted to make it a more walkable kind of district that right. people would be able to go from one business to another, to an antique shop, to a restaurant, to whatever. And you've got to cross the tracks to be able to do that. So, yeah, those arguments, it's funny how often that happens. Sure, it sounds like a good idea. Just don't don't come to me for any money. I don't want to pay for it. So I, I'm looking, is there a compromise somewhere? Number one, why does it cost so much? Yeah to make it into a quiet zone, what's the, where does the money go? There might be a logical reason. I just don't know enough about how this stuff works. Why does it cost a half million dollars? Do there have to be physical changes to that crossing? Let's go Is back. that yeah. difference? It, it may very well be. Yeah, let's go back to it and uh, hit Mike and Topeka up next. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. Um, so one thing I think that, the, the uh, railroad companies can address is how their operators are utilizing the horn. Not just, you know, that it needs to be used at crossings, but so I, I work on a railroad line and we get at minimum two trains a day, as many as five to seven in a day. And they're all different. We have some drivers that come through and just toot their horn, you know, a couple times and make sure that the intersection is cleared and then that's it. There are other ones, though, that I, I swear they wait until they're like right next to the main door of our building because it's usually <laughs> open and they will just lay on the horn and they will stay on it until they are well past the intersection. Yeah. And so I think maybe, you know, that needs to be addressed and there needs to be a standardization to how they utilize that horn. And that may address some of this issue. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, do you know if the railroads have any rules about that at all now? I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, I, I would I would suspect no because it is so different. No, no two train operators that come through the area sound their horn the same way. Right. So you're sitting there in your building going, "Oh, look, the avalanche just scored again. Great." Yeah. Uh, all right. So. I do think that, you know, if it were just a, a matter of sound the horn three times, X number of feet, you know, prior to the intersection, and then that's it, maybe that would help this because it wouldn't be as, you know, overwhelming because it's just for a few seconds, then the sound is gone, and, you know, they can go about their business. Yeah, you don't have to rattle everybody's teeth. Mike, thank you. Uh, well said. And, again, we're in an area that is sort of foreign to us, so if you have mm -hmm. information about about whether there are any rules because if there aren't boy he's right it seems like there should be yes um yeah there should and again is there can there be an agreement that doesn't require dramatic changes to the crossing yeah you know can there be something that's not a half million dollars let's go to alex in kansas city up next hello alex hey guys great show thank you uh thanks for letting me talk uh my brother worked for ntsb for 20 years as a conductor and uh he ran the train to Lacine, and on that train, it's a two, it's a mile long train, two miles long sometimes, and there's only two people on that train and one person. If there's a breakdown in the train, the conductor gets off and has to walk the train. Now that's not the point about this. What I'm getting at about this is the NTSB regulations require some of this stuff. Now I don't know if they have a number of seconds that they require the train to let people know that train is coming through. But when you see a car smashed by a train and there's no identifying a body, then you think maybe maybe there might be a reason for, for us having to use this horn. Now, 
I agree. You know, I live down in Argentine at 42nd and Metro, and I'm just south of the rail yard. And you get used to it after a while, but we don't get that intense horn thing going. It's kind of interesting, isn't it, that Martin City and KCMO now are getting together on this. But I think part of the reason why it costs so much is because they've got to figure out whether or not they can actually do it. And uh, based on the logistics of the area and the way the trains are running, um, it's, it's a tough question. And people have been complaining about trains for years. You know, don't live in Chicago where the L is. Yeah, <laughs> you, don't right. live you in don't, Parkville by English Landing Park, quite through, frankly. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Alex. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna have to take a look at the the pictures of that intersection because um, that is a good question about what it takes to make an intersection like that worthy of not having them blow the whistle as you cross. I mean, are there gates there now, or is that what we're talking about? Is building railroad gates? Probably. Because um, if all they have is a cross buck, you know, they're just the little lights and the signal thing, then, yeah, it's kind of up to the drivers, which makes sense that they have to blow the horn because too many people, I know this will come as a shock, are staring at their cell phones while they're driving. So, yeah, I can see it from their standpoint as well. It might also have something to do with vehicle counts. Like, yeah. what's the traffic there? And I would imagine there are some places that they don't allow to be quiet zones because there's just too much of a danger that something's going to happen. You have to sound that horn because too many people go through that intersection there. I don't know if this is one of them. Yeah, could very so. well be. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what we can here, get figured out. Uh, 913-586-7798. Still to come, we have an update, yet another one. I'm Mary Lou Retton to get to. Still to come here on KMBZ. Talking about the story out of Martin City. This is out of Fox 4 there. Uh, They are having trouble, businesses in that area, with how loud the train horns are when they go through that intersection there on 131st Street. There is a proposal to create a quiet zone that would take a half million dollars and maintenance fees, which, you know, no one has just sitting around. Exactly. So as we're trying to get this figured out as about what the, the best route forward is for uh, a very small town that's now part of a very big city, well, everybody's pointed at each other looking for money. So we'll go to Tristan, who's calling in from Edwardsville. Hello, Tristan. Hey, I was just calling because I live up in Edwardsville where we have a track that goes by. At least the train every hour. You just get used to it if you're just complaining because the train makes sounds. Each train conductor is different. Uh, when I grew up, my dad just taught me that each conductor is going to blow their horn because people that blow it constantly are usually the ones that have already hit somebody due to somebody else's driving. Oh, wow. Okay. So they're they're just trying to protect themselves at this point. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, Tristan, thanks. Yeah, so apparently there's no regulation on it at all. It's just whatever you feel like is necessary, which doesn't help matters much. I don't love that. Yeah. That feels like something there should be some some standard rules about. Definitely. How about uh, Steve in Kansas City up next? Or in Kansas. Hello, Steve. Hey, how's it going? Doing, going well. What's on your mind? So, um, first off, on the, the train horns, there is a regulation. There will be a, they call it a whistle post, or I, I think that's a terminology. There'll be a sign you'll see them sometimes that has a W letter on it. That's when they're supposed to start blowing the horn. 
the regulation is too long, one short, and then a long blow to go through the intersection. That's how the train horn works. Uh, oh, okay. As far as a protected, as far as a protected, uh, the, the quiet zone, what they have to create is a like, protected crossing, a crossing where a car can't. Have you ever been to, like a regular crossing? You know, you can you cut right in the other lane, you can get around that crossing. Well, they have to create is a, a crossing that has gates on both sides that will make it so you can't go past that. So you have to redo that entire road that uh, the area next to it, and it's for half a million dollars. I don't think they could pull that off. I think it'd be more than that. That seems very low. Martin City is unique because the buildings are so close to it, and there are people walking around, and it's also double track right there. So the yeah. railroad's going to worry about somebody, you know, one train coming by, a southbound train going, and as it's passing and, and gets by, people try to walk across the track and not realize there's a northbound coming right up the other way and, and walking out into the train. So I, I think that's going to be a really costly project in that area to actually put a, a protected crossing and make that a quiet zone. So at the moment, there are no gates there at all? There are gates. It's just the standard railroad gates. So oh, okay. The, the one, the one bar and, and lights on each side, in each lane. The ones that are really easy to scoot through if you if you want to try to beat the train. Which, by the way, don't ever do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Gotcha, Steve. Yeah. Great information, man. Thank you. Thanks very much for getting in. So instead of making it a quiet zone, can we just put better gates up? Well, not instead of, but can you put better if you're going to do that? Can you just put better gates up? Yeah, that's what he was saying is that you would have yeah. to effectively you'd have to have gates that would go across the entire roadway on both sides. Uh-huh. So, so people can't just skip through. Yeah, so that's expensive. Um yeah, and and he's right. I don't know how much those things cost, but half a million all of a sudden sounds like a bargain. Boy, they don't look like they would be that expensive, do they? They look kind of flimsy, <laughs> like they wouldn't, like they shouldn't cost that much. Me, who knows so much about railroad infrastructure, yeah, looks like they should be pretty cheap, right? You got to make sure they work every time, though. Yeah, it's it's probably the the stuff that goes into the mechanics of making it work that's the expensive part. You don't want those things going down. I also wonder if there's a way to put warning signs or lights mm-hmm. further back than just at the crossing. Yeah, that's another thing you see frequently in the city where you'll have a traffic light that will stop everybody when the train's about to come through. So you've got the traffic light first, then you've got the gates, then you've got the tracks, and yeah. Uh, Now, again, we're talking everything you add is more money. And again, coming from nowhere. (laughs) Coming, coming, coming. Somebody will have it. It's fine. All right, real quick, uh, Mary Lou Retton. As the saga continues, uh, has in fact now been released from the hospital, which is good. It is, and every detail that comes out about this story makes me trust it even less. So again, all of the information is coming from the family, but that means that over the last seven days, we found out pneumonia, first of all, rare kind of pneumonia that they still haven't named yet. Um, and that she was in the ICU, unable to breathe on her own. Then she made a miraculous recovery. Then she had a setback, a scary one. And then just days later, she's home. Something's going on here. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see where the GoFundMe money is going as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for getting in. We will switch your gears here coming up. Uh, we will get into more of the story of what's going on overseas. We have a Liberty couple that's back home after being over there. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.